You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at Patreon.com. Slash Thunderquack, just like our Patreon producers, Brian Murowski and JJ Samuel do. Or you can wait and get it late every Friday on podcast services across the galaxy. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. And I, look, uh, last week was a bummer episode, <laughs> right? And nothing, nothing like the 50th episode to bring everybody down. Yeah, uh, so. it was unavoidable because I, because... I mean, like even now, a week out, uh, uh, or another week out, I should say, from from those events, it's like stuff becomes even more apparent that it was that it was even, I think, scarier than we knew at the time. Um, what some of the stuff that was happening and some of the people that were behind it, but uh, I, it it kind of, we we kind of couldn't avoid it. You know, people try and overthrow um, the most powerful country in the world. It's kind of uh, we have a podcast that talks politics every once in a while. Uh, you need it would to talk about weird. It, it would have been weird to not talk about it as we said last yeah. week, but um, we are two days away from inauguration as we record this on a Monday night. Uh, I guess a day and a half really. And uh, so by the time that, that, that those of you who listen to it late on Fridays are hearing this, um, I don't know. The world could very well be a very different place. I, I, but we are recording this in, um, I, I, I don't know, like a scary, but calm, uh, before the, calm the storm before sort storm. of, or before the like new newness. And yeah, I mean, thing, I think so. that there will be chaos on Wednesday. I just yeah. don't know where the chaos will be and how mm-hmm. bad it's going to be. But so, there, something will happen. I guarantee you on Wednesday, something will happen. But, but uh, I don't think, I think not... that the, the inauguration will be fine because they've put up fences and like it's, right. but I think that there, there's a lot of rumblings of stuff that, that it's going to happen in other places in the U S that's, that's scary. So hopefully everybody but... is safe. Hopefully everything is okay. Um, but I, I, you know, we, have, we kinda, haven't got there. We haven't got there yeah, yet. We're not so there we're going to talk about nerdy things. Yeah. So and we're going to, we're not going to talk about politics anymore after this intro. And we're yeah. just going to talk about, uh, oh, man, you jinxed it. Escapism. You can't say that at the beginning of the podcast, you know how we detour. Like we we're don't not ever mean it. to. Okay, good. Just don't Let's talk keep about us it. Both, hey. We'll keep ourselves on track. Uh, be in control of That's your true. own destiny there. <laughs> it's wow. you, you you determine whether or not we someone asked me a really innocuous question that was about like the like a post-pandemic world and it was really it was really simple it was after all covid stuff is done are you still gonna live in vancouver and it was this like terrible sense of like oh my gosh i have to make like life choices 
about like when I when the world gets back to a place where we can go do stuff do I still want to live in a really expensive city even though I don't have to live in that city in order to work at my now remote job and I just like it was this like terrible existential crisis in the middle of I mean I know there's a lot of other stuff happening in the world but it is also sort of an odd thing yeah I mean Crystal and I have had that conversation quite a bit uh sort of since this started and and even before then because because my brother last year moved to the Okanagan yeah um right before everything kind of went crazy so we're kind of talking about it at that point because they bought they bought a big much bigger place than our place Mm -hmm. um I because because you can because places are not as expensive although still pretty expensive in the Okanagan Yeah. yeah but I I but you can get you can get a detached house <laughs> reasonably yeah. as yeah. opposed to here where it's very difficult to do that. But um, it, for me, it always just, it always comes back to like the art and culture component of it. I don't, I, I can't imagine having, having lived in the lower mainland uh, in a, in a, in a major metropolitan city and having lived in the Okanagan, and then coming back to the to the city, I uh, I can't imagine going back to the Okanagan at this point for me. Like, because like I just, especially once the girls are older and Crystal Crystal and I can go back to you know enjoying life. Um, other than you know uh, uh, kid oriented activities, um, like what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do in Penticton or Kelowna? Yeah on a on a friday night or a saturday night and the answer to that is very obvious on facebook when i look at what many of my uh peers from high school still do on the weekends and i don't want to be too judgmental about it but i am going to be judgmental about it because like i just don't think that in your mid to late 30s getting trashed on the weekend is really the way to go about your life (laughs) it's a and I don't mean like having a couple of drinks. I mean like getting sloppy drunk and I, uh, and I, uh, I, uh, you know, I uh, throwing things in a fire is what mm-hmm. I imagine most of them are doing. Um, it just doesn't sound like it's that interesting <laughs> it's to me. And, yeah. and, and that, that appears to me to be what a lot of people in the Okanagan do for fun on the weekends there's, I mean, or there's they not, or there's like you know outdoor like activities and whatever which yeah. is not my interest well i was gonna say that's the um, thing is like there's a lot of sporty like like i'm like what does my sister do and i'm like oh she goes they're just she skis and they're out doing hiking camping and, and cycling hiking, and, yeah. and i'm like that's not cool no. i'll go no. hang out at a cafe and go for brunch like i'm like this yeah i want to like yeah to exactly i want to go for brunch i want to go do some yoga in a really like Man, remember fancy brunch oh yeah fancy so uh building with uh with with really nice facilities and uh yeah. i and i and i want to i want to go see live theater that isn't put on by five people that i know i know um, oh why yoga with its steam it's like it's exactly. like sauna and exactly oh, oh my man. god what i would give before to 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 go into a why yoga yoga studio and uh i not keep up with the uh, most like chill i go for tuesday I, I, I go for i go for the tea and the sauna that's why i yeah. go to yoga why yoga is for Anyways, yeah. It's... Um, yeah. I mean, like we're sounding very 
Vancouverite at the moment, but I, uh, but yeah, like, like, and like to be able to like go to Granville Island, to be able to go to Stanley Park, to be able to go to, um, uh, like to go downtown. Like I've, I haven't been downtown. And just shop in stores for no reason, yeah. Yeah. with no agenda. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. haven't talked about, we haven't talked about stuff that we want. I will say today is my mom, I was like feeling pretty anxious throughout the day. Like I came upstairs a couple of times to just sit in the living room and just for like five minutes, like I only had like five minute breaks when my meetings would end a little early and I would come upstairs and I'm like, I'm not feeling well today. Like I didn't know what it was. I was just a little off. My mom said that the third Monday in January is has been branded very, very much, I think, branded by like travel companies, but it's been branded as one of the most depressing days of the year. Mm. Because I think you're far enough into January that you're like, well, is this year going to be different or not? <laughs> like, I feel like the first two Mondays, you can sort of just like keep going. But like, anyways, so it does make sense that we're talking, yeah, waxing poetic a little at I, the I, beginning of the... I think honestly, it's yeah. the fact that we are like, we're we're on the other side of of the pandemic i think and mm-hmm. um like the numbers are going down in in bc i mean like they got they got really out of control um going into the holidays um and that's yeah. finally starting to say curve back down um which is which is positive and great and awesome but um the other part of it is that the, is that like vaccine distribution is happening and and people are getting vaccinated, which, like, I think it's still going to be several months before you and I can get vaccinated. But that, but with everybody who gets vaccinated, the world gets a little bit safer. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, like, we're, we are, like Slowly I said, we're on the other it. side of it right now. Um, and, and so I think that we're at the point where we can start thinking about what life looks like after yeah. this and you know uh what does what does going back to work look like? so it, for my job they they sublet the other half of our office <laughs> so like they they reduce the number of desks in our office by half um with the intention of like don't come back yeah <laughs> right yeah. like if you like if you're happy working from home work from home and we have hotel desks now that it's like nobody nobody like owns a desk like there's not like a nameplate or anything like that um so just you know like bring your laptop in sit down at a desk and work if you're going to come into the office but you really don't need to um so for me it's like i like i i know i will come into the office for meetings and that's it yeah. like i'll come in yeah. to run workshops and stuff like that uh the things that are a part of my job that are much more difficult through telecommuting but um but when it comes to like the actual like day-to-day stuff that i have to do you know uh designing and building websites and stuff like that when i'm when i'm doing that stuff um like the actual sort of uh feet on the ground marketing part of it like i it's better i i like like especially when 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 the girls can go back to to more uh full-time childcare and uh, and I don't have to contend with that two days a week uh, of them sort of like being around and being a distraction. It's like being at home and working from home is preferable. Oh yeah, because I can do things at my own pace without somebody looking over my shoulder and mm-hmm. take breaks when I need to take breaks. Step away from the computer when I need to step away from it without anybody sort of going like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And then 
and then the other part of it, like the, 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 the flip side to that is that when I am focused, I'm focused. Right. Like, yeah. There's nobody to socialize with. There's no, like I've got video games and TV or whatever, but like today I, while I was working, I was watching hot fuzz, the, uh, Edgar oh, Wright nice. movie. Right. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I stopped to watch the climax of the movie because that's when that movie gets really, really good. But, but for the most part, it's just like, it's on and it's background noise. And I was focused working, building a website. And that is so much more enjoyable than sitting at a desk. Um, Are you not allowed to watch movies at work? Because no. like there's a, no, it's very like all of the people at my work. We, cause they all are. Yours is a very different stuff. environment from mine. Yeah. Yours is yeah, a very fair. different environment from mine. I but, just, but, it, but for me, like production, it's different, obviously. Yeah. Like I don't even check Facebook when I'm working. I actually not even really when I'm at home, I'm just too busy, but um, it always, like, it's a thing that always makes me like really jealous where I'm like, all these surfacers get to sit there watching Netflix while they do their work. Cause they can, right? Like it's just, you just have it on the background. Yeah. So yeah. Um, well, we, uh, all creative types worth their salt have ADD. So yeah, that's uh, great. <laughs> it's almost necessary. Yeah. Like if I don't like, I can't wash the dishes without a podcast in my ears. It's, it's, it doesn't work. Uh, I need it in order to focus in like, yeah, <laughs> it's just fair. the way that's that my fair. brain works. But, yeah. um, but yeah, it's, uh, and <laughs> the great thing is that lately I just got this new iPad, right? And I've been drawing a lot with it. And um, I, I, the, it's the greatest thing for meetings. And because the meetings are like, I don't have my camera on during meetings. So nobody knows that I'm sitting drawing, but it yeah. does like it, like for me, it helps me focus, right? Like it helps me, it helps me tune into what people are saying. Um, and, and like, it helps me with active listening in the same way that like they say that like a fidget spinner helps you focus. Right. Right. Like, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Cause it just kind of gives your hands something to do so that you're not getting distracted. I, I, so yeah, like, like I love it because uh, hopefully nobody that I work with is listening. I don't know. <laughs> I, but, but I'm sort of able to multitask like that. I'm able to, to feel like I'm accomplishing something in a meeting where my meetings are a lot of sitting around listening to other people talk and then, um, and then interjecting when, when things get off course or I think that mm -hmm. something's going in the wrong direction, but I, uh, or I'm asked a direct question, but, right. um, but for me, for, for the most part, I sit and I, and I, and I listen and, uh, uh, and then jump in when I'm needed. I, which might sound, surprising to a lot of people who listen to me on podcasts <laughs> where I don't really do that but I, I it's it's much better when I when I'm drawing and then right. just sitting yeah, back yeah. and listening um because I'm also I'm a little bit less inclined to jump in with yeah. my two cents I'm uh, like oh, I'll just keep working that's fair. <laughs> but uh but yeah I mean like even 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 doing like on task stuff like 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 when I'm in the middle of building a website or something like that. Or I'm like, if I get up and I'm in the groove in the morning and then it's like, Oh, I've got this meeting for an hour. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, like a, 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 this meeting could have been an email, right? Like, <laughs> like that sort of thing. Um, yeah. cause I sit in a lot of those types of meetings. Um, like I can still keep working that way. So that's my biggest, that's my biggest fear is that there's so many of those meetings at my work, but I'm like, no man, these meetings are usually, you just like, anyways, whatever. It's fine. Not, not going to get too, 
Yeah, I don't know. My advice to you is to not waste the time of the of the people who do the actual work. Uh, but if you want to have meetings with it's people who make decisions, yeah, yeah, it like like <laughs> that's what being that's what being a decision maker is. Yeah, it's like right? sitting in these meetings all day. Yeah, the frustrating part of my job is that I am both the decision maker and the person who does the work because of right. the size of our business, especially right. the way that it's that it's kind of shrunk during COVID nineteen. So, like even more than than previously. Um, I'm asked to do a lot of the stuff that that in another environment a junior would be doing. Right. But um it, like so that that can be frustrating where it's like if you like if we could just make a decision, like if we can just do this quickly, then I can get back to the deadline that you guys have set for mm-hmm. me <laughs> I, that I that I have to hit. So that's my only piece of advice. The people who the people who actually have to do the work, like the the animators and 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 artists and whatnot, that that actually have like deliverables, I yeah. leave them out of it because <laughs> for the most part, they probably don't need to be in a meeting. But we do. I, it's, I, I like that we we do. We generally speak. Yeah. To that, I love let that the, we're not let the decision about makers things. talk for hours and hours because it means that they're not standing over huh. the the workers' desks. I questioning everything that they're doing right that's not uh, what we do <laughs> sure. anyways anyways uh, you want to want to talk about something I geeky? Talk about nerdy want, things because you want to talk about wonder woman that we were talking about nerdy things i mean i feel like we we should talk about wonder woman i don't know how much yeah. i want to talk about wonder woman because i feel like it's just going to be you talking about wonder woman. i don't know how much no I have to okay say about so wonder woman. give me your give me your review i want to know i i honestly haven't seen you talk about it on social media i know because i haven't been i haven't been talking about it at all because i just sort of was like i'm gonna watch this on christmas i'm gonna make my family watch it it's gonna be fun i did not realize that my sister hadn't seen the first wonder woman and i was very upset that i didn't realize this until i was literally hitting play on the movie and i was like wait how have you not watched the first wonder woman Anyways, so like you've, started. You've surfaced something that is that wasn't a flaw to me before, but is now, which is that like, yeah, 1984 does not work if you haven't seen the first movie. No, like it, and I was like, oh no, this is gonna be so confusing. It means I mean, nothing. <laughs> it's I don't even think it's confusing. Like I think the story is presented in a very straightforward but manner. But it just doesn't mean but as much because like, if you don't know who, yeah, like Steve who Trevor cares? is, like, yeah, it's anyways, yeah. So that was that was one thing, and I'm kind of like okay, but like like you you get it, you like she got enough, and also my sister's not sure. super picky about stuff. But anyways, I did like in Wonder Woman, I because you see all the trailers and you're like, how do they bring Steve back? And I do like that it's so part of the plot, right? Like him being there is the thing that is the problem right like i i because it's one of those things where i didn't want it to be like a peripheral thing where it's like what like time travel or some magic like it right but it was actually like literally the magic rock thing right it was like that was what it was right it's like the thing that she has to fight is the reason that he is there and so i will say that for me that was what i was looking for is like why how do how do they bring back steve trevor in a way that i don't go ugh, that was so superfluous but it like so so i was very happy in that regard that i like saw what had happened and and it like all made sense also the action was what i wanted it to be um Pedro Pascal's character was okay, but also a little, I didn't, 
fully, and this is, I think I'm interested to hear your take because I don't have children, but it seemed very much like his personality was sort of something that didn't really contend with being a dad. And then being a dad wound up being more important than everything else he had gone for, for the rest. Like it was very unclear where it was like, was he doing it because he wanted to prove that he could to his son or like, I like there was a few things for me that I was like, I didn't quite follow through the, like, I'm going to take over the world plot. So it wasn't necessarily the wonder woman stuff that bothered me. It was the, like, what was the end goal to Pedro Pascal's character? I don't even remember what his, actual maxwell lord maxwell yeah maxwell Maxwell lord Lord. i didn't pretty major character in the in the comics but i didn't know what he was doing yeah so to me that was the biggest thing for me where i was like i didn't understand i didn't i actually don't now even looking back on it i don't understand what the end game was and so for me that's my biggest thing is because if i don't understand that then i don't understand how she stopped it and i don't understand why the how the kid helped stop it. Like it was very like that to me was the thing that was like the loose thread, but as a plot device to bring back Steve Trevor and have that relationship again, it worked. (laughs) So, so what you just said as like the pro essentially to me is the biggest con of the film. Oh, okay. Uh, Which, which is that the whole plot exists to serve the purpose of bringing Steve Trevor back. And, and so that is obviously the heart of Diana's story. And I would be fine with that. If not for a couple of very, very big mistakes, which I'll talk about in a second, but, but in terms of, of the, the core plot, we're going to get into spoilers here, obviously. So if you haven't seen wonder woman, 1984 yet, don't, uh, don't listen, if, I guess. Or if you care about that. Or if you care, but yeah, I would say I would say save yourself the three hours and just listen to us talk about it. Because um, <laughs> at least with this, you can do the dishes while you're listening. I, <laughs> I, as I mentioned before, but uh, so the whole the whole purpose of like I have no problem with magic in the DCEU. Uh, because magic is one of the things that I think really differentiates DC from Marvel. Not that there isn't magic in Marvel, but magic in Marvel, especially in the MCU, is a science of its own, right? Right. Everything magical in in Marvel, um, and they've taken this like an even further step in the MCU, is... Uh, is tied to like immutable laws of the universe. Right? right. So there are rules to everything. Magic in the DC universe is very much the ace up the sleeve. Right. Right. Um, in a lot of storytelling. So like Superman's a great example of like Superman can't be stopped by anything, but kryptonite. Right. Except that's not true because magic is his other weakness (laughs) that, that, that a lot of writers forget about and they don't want to go there because, well, well, then we have to explain magic to our audience. It's like, well, you actually don't with the DC universe if you're playing with the whole DC universe and not just 
Superman or Batman, right? right? Which like the movies tend to just play with Superman and Batman. And then everybody else is just a bit player in a Superman or Batman story. So I love that, that with, um, with both Wonder Woman films, they have gone into the magic components of it. And, and with this one, especially, I mean, like it's literally the power of a wish. Right. And I love that it ties back into the gods. I, it was a huge I wish misstep they didn't, that yeah, it didn't that tie it didn't back pop, into Circe yeah. because like oh, that, yeah. that's to me, the, like it, it feels like they're saving Circe. Um, yeah. and, and, and that we know that there will be a third Wonder Woman movie. It's already been greenlit. So that's going to happen. I think that, that, um, that, uh, we're going to get rogue squadron first and then, and then Wonder Woman, three will happen like we'll go into production after that but um but i i it seems like they've kept cersei off the table for some reason but she's the one that they talked about in this movie right they uh, talked about her didn't what do you mean when did they talk about cersei no they didn't okay i don't think so okay um never mind but Carry but on. Cersei's always messing with Diana. Like that's the thing oh, okay. in the in okay. the in the comics is that Cersei is, I uh, I uh, is I like like from Greek mythology like like essentially jealous of Diana and who she is. So the the this stone showing up and having this power and being this monkey's paw and all of that stuff would have worked so much better for me. And Pedro Pascal's character, like Maxwell Lord's motivation towards the end of the movie would have worked so much better for me if if we would have shown up at the final confrontation and it would have turned out, oh, actually, like Circe is the god who created this stone in the first place. Right. In order to mess with mortals and I uh, and 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 has it out for Diana and we're going to find out why. But right? we actually don't know that she didn't do it, right? Cuz we never really find out exactly. Oh, sure, who of course. It. Yeah, right. Yeah, cuz we cuz they never name the god that that's yeah. responsible for yeah. it. Yeah. But um it it just like like that to me felt like felt like such a missed opportunity, but but I don't know, like you could be right. Maybe they're planting a seed for later, which which again, the something that the DCEU is guilty of is planting seeds that never get that like the we never reap what's sown in in the dceu because every five minutes they're changing lanes right like like it's they they can't be consistent for long enough that any of the i mean for god's sake the one pod that was open on the kryptonian ship in man of steel is a setup for something right I don't know what they were originally planning. Supergirl makes the most sense, but, but it also like, it was also a perfect setup for like, Hey, this is where the, the, the gods in the Greek mythology of this world came from. Right. right? Is that like they're Kryptonians, right? Like let's like, let's set that up that, that actually it turns out that Zeus and Hades and Poseidon were actually just all Greek gods. Or, or sorry, we're all we're all Kryptonians. All these yeah. Greek gods were Kryptonians, and then we tie that into Atlantis. We tie that into Wonder Woman. We tie that into whatever we need to, right? And then mm-hmm. everything else can come from the mother box, and we're good. We've we've now created this connected world. Well, they didn't do any of that. They just went. Well, there are also Greek gods, but we're never going to show you a Greek god. 
Except for, I guess we do see Ares in, in the first Wonder Woman. But um, oh, I guess in Justice League, we saw all the gods fighting the things, don't we? But it's like, but it, it is so confusing the way that they use that stuff because they're not explicit about it. And yet, when it comes to the story, everything is tell, don't show, right? Like, like yeah. so much of it is like, uh, hey, in case it wasn't clear, which it's also, it's still not clear anyways, even <laughs> though they go to painstaking effort to be like, hey, in case it wasn't clear, this is another guy's body that Steve Trevor is inhabiting. And everybody else, it looks like this guy. But for some reason, Diana sees... Steve. Yeah, Steve or yeah. does she see Steve or is that or just, just like a head. Yeah. storytelling device for us yeah. like yeah. like like where is the line here uh and and we don't want to spend we're going to spend way more time talking about it than we should but mm-hmm. we're also not going to talk about the elephant in the room which is the fact that uh I'm going to use a I'm going to use a a, a a difficult word here uh but Diana and and Steve takes part in this. They rape that guy. They use his body without his consent, <laughs> right? Like like it's implied that they had that they slept together that first night. Right. And this man has no agency. Now look, uh, if if Gal Gadot walked up to him and said, "Hey, I I would like to make love to you," would he have said no? Probably not, because it's Gal Gadot, right? But that doesn't change the fact because that because that would be like the first argument that I would hear back from a lot of guys, right? Is 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 like, oh well, I wouldn't kick her out of bed, right? That sort of stupid nonsense. And it's like that's not the issue. Whether or not you would deny Gal Gadot is not the issue here. The issue is that he wasn't given a choice, right? Yeah. Um, and for her to to act so counter to her ideology and to what that character stands for. For me, it's why the end of the movie doesn't work for me is that we spent two and a half hours with her just completely disregarding her own moral code. When what we've established in the DCEU is that, is that Diana is the moral center, right? Right. Like, like that, that when, when, Bruce and Clark are off course. She's Mm -hmm. the one who brings them back repeatedly in Batman v Superman and justice league. Right. Like she's the one who makes the difference. Right. Um, She is, she is the, the, the conscience of the justice league. That's what they've set up for this character. And then we're going to go back to this story. And instead of telling a story of like, of her being challenged in that and having to, be conflicted about it we instead just see her for the vast majority of the film ignore the responsibility of the situation that she's created right right? she made the wish she recognizes that this is another human being whose life has been taken over by this magic she knows the gods she knows them intimately right? right and yet she doesn't and she says it early on when they're talking about the stone of like you know it's all there's always a price they like they like they never the gods never give anything for free yeah right they create these objects in order to mess with mortals 
Um, and yet when, when she gets her wish and, and instantly recognizes what happened, instantly recognizes where it came from. Right. She doesn't immediately go, I can't trust this. This is not because, because she's so in love with, with Steve, who's been dead for 60 years. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it, 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 it's so antithetical to what they've set that character up as. Right. And yet it doesn't explore why it's antithetical. right? Right. Like we, we wait until the beginning of act three, which by that point you've lost interest in the film because the movie's way too long. I, uh, the whole Egypt sequence shouldn't be in it, but well, yeah, I was, it, there's fun yeah. stuff. Like, don't get me fun wrong. Stuff. Like, the like, fight the, is like, cool, but like the, the, yeah. the, the, the truck chase is a clear homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I think they do a really great job with it, but, but it, but it's a waste. It's, it's, it's spectacle for spectacle's sake. And, it just like it like it just it makes the movie longer. I than it also needs to be. don't understand the point of it. Like again, it's the idea of like, what are they there to save? Why well, and, did he go there? What and that's the, the thing is that is like, that like like when I say like, there's so much tell and not showing. Yeah. And yet the stuff that we need to know, which is like what exactly is happening to Maxwell Lord. Yeah. First of all, like we don't get enough of him established early on in the movie. Yeah. Um in order to know like like like, what's our baseline for this guy yeah like like what are the lines that he is willing to cross and is not willing to cross because Mm -hmm. we kind of get the idea that he's a bit of a con man but we also get the idea that he like that he truly believes in what he's doing right like like when he says like oh everybody buy into this thing um because then we'll all be rich together it it's like to me that is that and the son are actually the biggest mistakes with that character. Maxwell Lord should have just been a cut and dry Gordon Gecko greed is good character. Just like no nuance to it whatsoever in order for it to work for me as a villain. Right. The, the nuance character is cheetah. Right. Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. like when we have both of them where we're like, are we rooting for you guys or not? Like <laughs> I, it's yeah, unclear whether true. or not I'm supposed to feel bad that you're turning evil. Um, like it, if they would have made it clear that the thing, the stone takes from you, isn't like this, this sort of, uh, uh, amorphous, like, like vaporous idea of the thing that you, uh, love the most. Right. Cause it's like, well then. Then immediately when when Pedro Pascal makes the makes the wish, his sons should have just died. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like or should have like been struck in with some disease. And like it, he should have yeah. realized halfway through the movie, like, oh, he's dying because of this. Yeah. Right. It's instead to me, it should have been like it takes your it. It takes your soul. That's the price. Right. right? Like yeah. is that. And so then to me, that one thing would have made all of the other stories really clear. Why does every one of these civilizations descend into chaos? Well, because people get exactly what they want. Well, if everybody gets exactly what they want, then nobody covets anything. And why can't everybody just be cool? It's like, well, because then, you know, you take if you if they lose their soul, if they lose the thing that makes them a decent human being, their their moral compass, then everybody you you got what you want. Now you want what everybody else has. Right. Like you just greed becomes the core of it. Right. 
So if that were the case, then it's very clear. Diana doesn't have to lose her powers. That's that that's dumb. Like to me, it's like that's the Spider-Man to like, oh, I don't know if I want to be Spider-Man anymore. I would rather be in love than be Spider-Man, so, which is dumb in Spider-Man, too. And it's dumb in this. Or it's like, is are my powers worth uh, losing my powers worth uh, I, I loving this person? Um, it's like, well, it's not that person. It's a monkey's pod. Like, you know that. Anyway, right. <laughs> I, if 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 the price was Diana's soul, right. then it makes sense that that part way through the movie, she'd be like, I don't care. I don't right. care that like and it like because because yeah. if it's Steve coming back, then there's a you have a perfect opportunity for Steve to go, Diana, like, don't you understand what's happening here? Right. Like, like two things are happening. You've taken this man's life and you've ripped me from heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he explains Aww. that in yeah. the film. He's like, I don't mm-hmm. I can't describe where I was. I just know that it was good. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I, it was good and I was happy and I was at peace. And she's just like, oh, cool, neat. And then they just and then they have a fashion show. And you're like, you're like, wait a second. No, no, because this is like a whole season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where she's (laughs) like, it like comes to a head in the best episode of the whole series. Not the most, not not like the best in terms of like artfulness, because that's the one with the with with no dialogue. What I can't remember the with the gentle hush, hush, hush. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best episode. That's one of the best episodes of television ever. But but the best episode of Buffy is once more with feeling oh, yeah. where like yeah. that comes to a head when she's like things basically like I was in heaven. Yeah. You guys brought me back from the dead yeah. and like took away like like and now I can't get back because now I'm undead. Yeah. Like now I'm a yeah. uh, the same as a vampire. Like my soul yeah. is tarnished. Right. Like yeah. like there's like that's such a great element of the story of Buffy. Like it's so good. It makes those last couple seasons that are mostly awful. Totally worth it. Um, And and like and they bring that up. They bring up they broach the subject in this movie. And yet they never return to that. He never challenges her on that and goes like, look, the 80s are neat. It was fun fighting, flying a fighter jet. Okay, that was all cool. And I love that we got to spend this time together. But I was in heaven. You took away eternal happiness from me so that you could so that you could have a a, like essentially like a, a, a pleasure of the flesh. Right. Like. Like there's a how there's crass, something how crass like well like but but that's but that's honestly it right because the 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 lesson that we learned in the first Wonder Woman was that it doesn't matter that Steve dies he loves her and she loves him and that right. uh, that'll never go away that's immutable right, right? like it's right. like that's like it's it that's in the universe now it's part of the universe it's what saves the day. Right. right is their love for each other so it, it's like like having him back physically is just because diana is lonely because instead right. of embracing the world she's chosen to 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 turn herself off from it now they're written into a corner there because that's what batman v superman and justice league says that she did so she has to right right so like like it's it, the the kind of it's 
Wonder Woman 1984 suffers from a lot of the problems that that the Star Wars sequel trilogy do, where it's like in order to craft this story, they created a bunch of these contrivances like Luke Skywalker having disappeared that then you have to spend the next two movies explaining to the audience why that happened. Right. Right. And and the and the ramifications of 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 that decision. right? Right. And it's very similar here of like they like, why haven't we ever seen Wonder Woman before if she's been around for hundreds of years? Well, um, cause her boyfriend died. So she shut herself mm-hmm. off yeah. and it's like, well, but we're going to make a movie where her boyfriend comes back to life. Okay. We're going to ignore the consequences of doing that for the most part. Right. Like yeah. it's, it, and, and so the conversation that they have is so brief. It's so surface of it's, it, it's nothing to do with Steve it's nothing to do with Diana it's to do with the world which like they take something that is such a personal close story mm-hmm. and they turn it into like this is about everybody else and it's like but this isn't about everybody else this is about the two of you and that's what it should be about right, right. so if it so if it, if if you turned that and it was not you're losing your powers you're becoming immortal you can be killed but which is a very selfish thing to be worried about. But instead it's Diana, like, like the price for having me back is that you've lost what makes you a hero and the world needs you to be a hero, not be, not your powers to be a hero. This is this it's again, like I'm going to, there's there's a bunch of parallels to Ray and Tross and all this stuff. It's not about the power. If wonder woman had no power, she'd still be Diana Prince. right? Right. Like, if Superman loses his powers, he's still Superman. I don't care. You right. take away his powers, he's still Superman. Right. right? The powers are a tool. That's not you give them to somebody else and they become you give them to Lex Luthor and he becomes a despot, right? Right. You get yeah, yeah, you yeah. get Zod. That's the whole point yeah. of Zod existing as a character is yeah. to show us that. This is what happens yeah. when you give those powers to someone other than Superman. Right. It's not the powers that make wonder woman wonder woman it is diana prince it is diana of themyscira who was raised by her mother and her mentors to be the person that she is and the influence of steve trevor that created that character like like that strength of character right right yeah, yeah, yeah that makes her a hero that saves the day in batman v superman and is part of justice league like all of that stuff like that's the core that's the central part of that so if steve says to her like you're losing that and the world needs that more than you need me. Like, like you let me go because I don't want to, I don't want to be alive in a world without wonder woman. Right. That is a core to a story like that, that cause then you're, you're, you have your foils of Maxwell Lord who was evil to be like, let's say he doesn't have a relatable part to his story, but he's just evil to begin with. And then you've got you've got Cheetah, uh oh, what's her name? Um Barbara. Barbara, who like starts off as this as this lovable klutz character, right, that we immediately identify with. Um, and she's been turned evil. So you have these two foils of like of 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 evil becoming more evil right. for the sake of power and greed. And then you've got another person who's being corrupted by that evil. And then Diana, who has to wrestle with that inside of herself and make the decision 
the strength of her character has to overcome all of that in a way that Maxwell Lord never could. And Barbara can't because of the trauma that she's experienced in her life, right? Because of her damage and her baggage. But, but Wonder Woman can because Diana, the, you know, princess of the Amazons is that character. So she overcomes that gives back her wish. And, and then when she makes her speech at the end, we go, Oh yeah. Like she stands for something, but when she makes her speech at the end and she's looking right down the barrel of the gun, like into the camera at us, it's like, none of this means anything because you raped a dude in this movie. (laughs) Like, like it doesn't like, and there's no in story justification for why that happened. That might be that. That probably is definitely why you don't see him as not Steve Trevor. Yeah, because they want to get rid of that entirely. Like that. It's that. It's uh, a. Yeah, yeah. which to me, which to me, it if you're not, this is just like the whole like having Janna and the other stormtroopers in Rise of Skywalker. If you're gonna open the door a crack. And then not go through it. Why did you open the door? Mm-hmm. Right? Why did you make that part of the story if that wasn't going to be integral to the story? That you're denying this other human being a life I in order to get he, what you want. And I will say that the one thing that I... Because I haven't thought about it because while I was watching it, I actually had thought he died. So I thought that Steve had taken over somebody who had otherwise died. And I'm now just realizing that's why I wasn't bothered by it while I was watching it. Yeah. Because it, of in my implication, he was, he was like using a body that nobody else was using. But now I'm realizing because they brought him in the, in the end, it's very much a person that actually existed. Yeah. No, no. He was yeah. just inhabiting somebody else's body. Yeah. A, a life for a life sort of thing. Like, like, yeah. I, which, which to me, it's like, it's like that you're already dealing with magic. We didn't need, we didn't need that element to it. Um, yeah, I don't know why he couldn't have just been brought back. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it was, it, to me, it was a weird choice. And it, I think it was, I don't, I don't fault the filmmakers on this one. Like, I don't think that it was Patty Jenkins that, they you know, like, and maybe that's just me wanting Rogue Squadron to be good. So, but, yeah. but like, but the first Wonder Woman was a good movie, right? Like, yeah. it, like I, I am not one of the people who will tell you that it's like the best DCEU movie. Cause I don't think that it is. I think it's a very serviceable superhero movie that, that stands for something very important, which is, you know, that it's, it's one of, uh, was it the first female led superhero movie? I don't remember at this point, but Catwoman and Electra. Oh yeah. Woof, yikes. Um, <laughs> so. it was, the, so it was the first successful but, one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the first one that, yeah, so that makes more sense. It's the first one that shows the world that, like, hey, these can be profitable, yeah. right? Um, so in terms of, like, what that movie stands for, I'm totally behind that. In terms of that movie being any better than Thor The Dark World, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I don't I don't think yeah. that it, like, I would, I would put Wonder Woman sort of, like, in the mid to low tier of the MCU mm-hmm. if we're comparing it to that stuff. It's not, it's not Iron Man. It's not winter soldier I don't know. or I civil quite, war i right? quite enjoy i quite enjoyed the first wonder woman i no i so, I, I quite enjoyed the but, first wonder woman as well but i, I don't think you, i don't think that anything about the story in the first wonder woman movie is like 
revolutionary or like mind-blowingly good and the third act is the same third act from every superhero movie she's mm-hmm. got to fight cg right yeah um yeah. which the third act in this wonder woman movie is even worse than that because like that the fight with cheetah is just uh eye gougingly bad in my opinion yeah. that that those effects for cheetah were a mistake uh she should have just been in a costume. She should have just. I think like there could have been like a little bit I of something, I like a little bit of a right. physical transformation. But like I going, thought f- it was. I thought no. it worked like the way that I don't know. I okay. You, well. you, I guarantee you, you are in the minority on this. Yeah, probably. You are in the minority on this because the vast majority of people ta- that I've talked to and that like like discourse that I've seen is like, wow. So they went full on cats with it like, there's oh a, i guess so hey yeah there's a great. reason why they didn't show us in any of the trailers and it wasn't to save the reveal it's <laughs> because show, it did they not showed her jumping great. in the trailer in in like in that. like one of the last ones yeah yeah um but we didn't get a good look at it we never got a good look at it in the trailer and we get a good look at it in the movie and it doesn't work for me and and like look is it is it faithful to the comics yes but this is to me this is the thing that the DCEU cannot figure out that the MCU has figured out. There's a time to be faithful to the comics and there's a time to fix what the comics do wrong. Right. And and adaptation is not about transferring something from one medium into another. It's about knowing what's going to work and what needs to be tweaked. And the outfit that we see her in when she beats the crap out of Wonder Woman and Steve in, in the White House. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. If they could have just taken that and just notched it one more notch instead of cranking it to 11 and then breaking off the knob. Right. <laughs> like if they would have just gone one more notch to where like the next when she's sitting in the plane, she says to him, like, because I like all that stuff. I really like the cheetah storyline. I think of all of the stories in the movie, it's the strongest one. Um, and I, I honestly think that Kristen Wiig gives the best performance. And then we get to the third act and Kristen Wiig has disappeared and we've right. replaced her with a bad CG character um, as opposed to in, you know, the MCU where we replace our characters with good CG characters like thanos and hulk but um if 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 they had just like maintained that performance level with the character um and not just turned her into a cg monster i uh, i think i would have cared a lot more like if we were if she if if, yeah. if we would have come back and she would have had like like because i could see like a version of her where they where like the hair is k- kind of like blending into her face right which okay. they kind of do but then they give her like the full cg cat face right and give her fangs right like give her give her like some feline attributes but don't go full on like turning her into a cat person you know what i mean and like give her claws give her give her a tail give her maybe even give her cat ears or something like that but like but like let's find like a blend like let's find like a middle ground here where where we're we're still seeing Kristen Wiig and we still get a performance from that character but but we do get to see that like oh she's turned herself into something else like she's she's left her humanity behind because that's the point right is that like from a storytelling perspective it works like the plot point of it works of like when when Diana sees her and goes 
oh Bar- Barbara, what have you what have you done? Right, right? like like you've as opposed like because they both they both hit that climax of their story or not climax but like that that turning point in their stories of like you know is wonder woman gonna give up on the world in order to keep steve or is she gonna renounce her her wish and and save the world and then with with barbara on the other side of that she's like no i it it, the opposite i'm gonna double down to the point like where my humanity is gone barbara doesn't isn't here anymore right um so yeah, I like I don't know. I I just I think that there was like a there was there was a there was a better path forward with that 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 I think would have served the story a little bit better, but but that is like the least of my problems with the movie. Like the 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 characterization of Diana I think is so off in this one that it it just kind of it just kind of takes me out of the movie the whole time. Like like she i don't know like like the first act is so good with her meeting barbara and the two of them becoming friends like i love all of that stuff and then the second that steve shows up you're like okay what's what is what's actually going on because like the whole time the only the only storyline that makes clear sense and and is is not muddled by questions of like wait why are we doing this is is Barbara's storyline of of yeah. the like of her losing her humanity her like like the the homeless guy that she's friends with mm-hmm. that is like is like oh oh like what what did you do you killed that guy basically yeah. and her being like mind your business it's like that stuff hits for me like all of that stuff like it to me on, to me honestly it's like it's her movie and everybody else is just kind of getting in the Played way in of it. that yeah. story yeah um and and then yeah like the 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 stuff with Maxwell Lord is so because we wait until the beginning or I guess the end of the second act to explain the monkey's paw thing, which is, I think is obvious to the audience, but, but, but when we're dealing with this stuff that has consequences, we need to know what you and I, we talk about this all the time. We have to, we have to understand what's happening. We have to know what the cost is, what the rules are of, of what's happening. Like it doesn't have to be, what they do in the Marvel movies where it's like where Thor comes down uh, uh, from the rainbow bridge and they're like, Oh wow. Magic. And he's like, what you call magic, we call science, yeah. right? Like it's, you just don't understand the science of it yet. Like, like you, yeah. it, but everything that we do is technology. Have, right? is this, this is a perfect place for me to talk about uh, just that that's the biggest flaw with Jupiter ascending is that it takes an hour for you to understand what the movie's actually about. And then you're yes. like, Oh, okay. I get it. Uh, you know, Jupiter Ascending is a really great um is a really great movie to bring up in in context with with this movie cuz they are both an hour longer than they should be. Um <laughs> but the thing about Jupiter Ascending is that like that world is interesting enough and and they Fair. they they go there with enough of that stuff that I'm like man, I really wish that this was three movies and not one like i really wish that they that we had three tight movies instead of one very long movie 
that that uh, that tries to do everything because because <laughs> I actually really like a lot about Jupiter Ascending. Like I I oh like yeah you Mila can Kunis see what it. It, you can see what it could have been. Yeah, right? I like Channing Tatum in it. Yeah. Like I like I yeah. uh, I the 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 dragon guy is so cool. Like that is so cool. He's just I like looking like Go- Goliath guy. from Gargoyles. Like I love it. There's so many cool things in that movie. Um, <laughs> but but there's also a lot of like hey. Uh, we're gonna ask you to keep up with us as we blaze through some mythology here, <laughs> and like, you're just like what? massive mythology, and you're like, yeah, like you you get you get to Act Three of Jupiter Ascending, and they're like, so there's like some Dune style like religious political stuff going on <laughs> with all of this, but we haven't explained any of it enough for you to understand what the hell is going on the first time you watch this movie so you're you're gonna have to watch this movie three or four times in order to understand what's happening but but you're not not going to want to (laughs) yeah so i as much as as much as space rollerblades and gargoyles are enough to keep me entertained once they're not enough to bring me back a second third or fourth time in order to understand what the hell I, I, uh, what's his name? Freddie Redmayne. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Uh, Freddie Redmayne. Fre- Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, is yeah, it Eddie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. I, oh, I forgot he was in that movie. Yeah. He's the bad guy. Well, <laughs> he's the nemesis. Like, Oh yeah. Well, I remember a family. There's like a family yeah, that's yeah. nemesis. He's one of those. Oh, I didn't realize it was him. I forgot yeah. so much about this movie because exactly. I remember watching it exactly. and just making fun of it the whole time and then not really. Oh, yeah, Sean Bean was in it. I totally yep. forgot that. Yep. Oh, man. And remember how <laughs> she can control bees and that's like the thing yeah, that like, that's so like, weird. see, you're the special. The special like, something yeah, that doesn't like, do. Oh, man. Man, if queen. anybody just wants a good time, watch Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> Watch it with friends. I mean, like, it's, that's oh, yeah, hard to do. Oh, yeah, don't watch it by that's, yourself. That's hard to do. I like, watched it by myself, and I was just you know like, what's the going greatest, on? The greatest part of it is that for the whole first half of the movie, all I could do was be upset about the age makeup. And I yeah. was like, why? Why is this a part of it? And then you find out halfway through the movie why there's they've aged the characters. Yeah. But I just... It's the it's the part that bothers me the most about that movie. It's the only thing I remember about that movie. I don't even remember. I remember that it discussed werewolf lore in a cool way. Like it basically yeah. makes the thing about Jupiter Ascending that I really like is that it makes all like mythology based in aliens. And I think that that's a cool like take on stuff like that is a cool concept. But besides remembering that all I the only other thing I remember is the age makeup. And I like, I don't even remember, like, I remember why it's, I remember that they, there's something to do with aging themselves or de-aging themselves. And I know that that's a huge part of the movie. Like, this is the point of the movie, but I don't actually remember. Yeah, because they want to be, they're immortal. They want to live forever, right? But but in order to do that, I think they have to, like, harvest the life force from Earth or something like that, right? Isn't that the whole point? I It's basically the plot of Hitchhiker's Guide, but without any of the fun of Hitchhiker's Guide. I no Hitchhiker's Guide is way less, like way more mundane. It no, I know, but it's just it's place, just but. like aliens. Aliens are just using, or like they're not even using Earth in that. They just demolish it to build a highway. Yeah, but yeah. um, but it, but that's why I mean. it's just like it's it's aliens beyond our comprehension that are just using us as a resource, yeah. <laughs> right? Like yeah, it's yeah. The, that's yeah, why yeah. I say it's the same plot as Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, <laughs> 
and then but then with with yeah i he's a he's a he's a dog person and and she can control bees and there's a <laughs> and there's a gargoyle man um anyways I don't, I, now I gotta google this Oof. i gotta google this this uh gargoyle man i don't remember the gargoyle man but yeah anyways i i sorry even, i derailed i no I it's all this. good i mean like it look if better than us talking about uh politics right I feel, I feel like that is true. I do love that it's a space opera. Like, that's very specifically what Jupiter Ascending yep. is billed at. But I will say that not once do they sing. I don't think they sing in it. Do they sing in it? No. I don't think they sing. No, so but but it was very much... Space opera. It was very much the Wachowskis trying to do Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which they were and it had about. So much, But it had so much potential to do something really cool. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest thing I remember watching and being like, of all the things that you could have used CG on, why did you choose these things? <laughs> like, I remember being like, what a weird use of your budget for that, rather than aging the humans appropriately. I, that I, well, was so important. Like, here's, a, here's another idea. Um, just cast older people. Yeah. And then just do a magic thing where the old person turns into the young person. And um, we'll all be a lot more impressed when... Actually, that is true. It's way more impressive to yeah, see when, a, like when, an older when person performances match than yeah. when you just do CG or makeup. Like, yeah. to me, like, I, I don't understand why. Like, that's what, that's what we used to do in movies back in, like, the 80s and earlier is that you would just cast two people to play the two different mm-hmm. ages <laughs> and then you would just have a scene where something happens and they transform. Right. But, yeah. uh, yeah, it, 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 that's all, that's always something that like, th- there's a better way to do this than, than with CG. Although at the same time, um, if you do it well, like Steve Rogers at the end of, uh, end game. Oh like, yeah. See, that's, I, yeah. It's great. But, but that required a lot. And it also was like, Hey, here's, here's two minutes of it. Yeah. <laughs> and and I will out. say, cause, cause Harry Potter didn't do it well. So, you know, yeah. it all, it yeah. all, like, I feel like, you know, it all depends. Yeah, We're that's also to different places. So that's also like almost a decade apart, isn't it? Like when yeah, was the last so. Harry that's Potter true. movie? And then when it was, Oh, that's so upsetting. Are they going to reboot Harry Potter soon? Because that makes me really sad. They absolutely are. I think we are probably, um, uh, the, the, the key here is that JK Rowling is toxic right now. And right, so, so you can't, can't, I don't think that anybody would go anywhere near it at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, I think that they'll put out this last awful, uh, uh, fantastic beast movie. And then they're going to take a, an extended hiatus from wizarding world stories. They need to, they need to make it so that the characters are old enough that they can come back as professors. I think once that's the the actors there. yeah the, the actors, actors yeah. yeah i i think i think that what you are most likely to see is yeah, at some point in the distant future probably no no less than five years from now but hopefully around 10 years from now is to see uh like an hbo max series well that's what they isn't that what they're doing with lord of the rings are they doing an HBO no the series? lord of the rings series is not the books as far oh, as I know, I think it's, it's some, know. it's other stories. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So. Hey, uh, 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 in similar vein to Jupiter ascending, I do just have to give a shout out to Valerian and the city of a thousand planets. Another intensely expensive science fiction movie that just doesn't quite work. 
I just have you seen Valerian? I I still haven't seen it because I have not heard good things. But it's 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 worth watching in the exact same way that Jupiter Ascending is worth watching, except for in Jupiter Ascending, the relationship between the two characters was at least watchable, and it's the least watchable thing in Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Like actually, yeah. I think the movie would be straight up an okay movie if they had cast anyone else in those two roles. Yeah, because it's, I, it's 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 straight up just the chemistry between the two of them. It just does it is not, it is yeah, weird to me, especially because I know I I am familiar with the source material for Valerian, which like the the lead characters in that mm-hmm. are very much like your prototypical hero heroine, like yeah. in terms oh, of like yeah, the way that they like, look yeah, and the it, like they, like yeah. they are like like they should have been. Uh, I mean, they should have been Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. Like, like, oh man, I wonder what would have happened if you had swapped the leads <laughs> from those two movies. Man, it would have been. But he, this is the yeah. thing: is that like Dane DeHaan and uh, and Cara Delevingne, like you could not have chosen two actors who have less chemistry with. Yeah any other human being on the planet much less and each then other putting to each other oh that's totally what it is yeah it's like if you had chosen one of them maybe they could have sa- been saved by the other person yeah but, you're but, right, to, they're, but they're... the both of them it's like you're just you're you're yeah you're it's like it's like if you play like like something discordant with to juxtapose it with something harmonious and you're like <laughs> oh there's something there Right. Right. But as opposed to doing that, they were like, no, we've got two discordant noises and we're just (laughs) going to play them loudly at each other. And it's like, yeah, I don't like I I don't know. It is. It's you should watch it because I'd love to talk about it because I I haven't I actually might rewatch it. But it just it is really it's so fascinating. And this is the thing, too. And I think that mostly it's because the only genre that I really care about when people muck it up. Is science fiction because I'm kind of like anything else. I'm kind of like eh, I don't. I'm not as invested. But for me, I'm like all I want to do is make science fiction television and like big yeah. budget science fiction things. So when people get the world handed to them, and they just don't pay attention to like small things that it's like you you can't have been watching your dailies and thought that these people held this film together. Like you can't. It, it, like it just like it's they're so it just ruins the rest of this beautiful rich story that you're like, what yeah. is happening? Anyway. Well, you know, I, I, I think because it's, cause it's, it's, um, it's Luke Besson, right? So yeah. yeah, I think that you're like, what you're seeing with Valerian is him trying to go back to the fifth element and recapture that. Yeah. But the thing about the fifth element that works I, I I'm pained to say it is Bruce Willis, right? Of course. Because Bruce Willis That's I love works. Bruce Willis as as an actor. Like I think they I love a lot of his performances. He's a he's a, a by all accounts an awful human being. But um oh. not in the like not in the like uh you know Trump supporting anti mask type of way that we have to deal with with a lot of these terrible people in, in Hollywood right now. But, um, but just in the way that like, he's like, he's a real like megalomaniac on set. And it's like, he's the type of guy that's like, don't look at me. You like, like I'm, I'm the star of the movie. Don't, don't talk to me. Like I'll show up and I'll do my thing. Cause I'm Bruce Willis. And it's like, well, you are Bruce Willis, but you could, you could at least be a decent guy about it. It's yeah. like, if, he's, if Bruce Willis blew up on a say, set, yeah. if he blew up on a set the way that Tom Cruise did a little while ago, 
uh, everybody would be like, oh, Bruce Willis being a colossal jerk like usual. But Tom Cruise, who by all accounts, even though he is also a very mm, problematic human being, by all accounts is a fantastic person to work for. Right. right. And so that, um, but that's when he thing. blows up, yeah. you're like, you're like, he's a hero in right. that moment. Like, right. You're like, he's saying he... everything that every one of us wants to say to people, which is like, put your damn mask on, because when you screw this up, people are going to lose their livelihoods. Like, like, right. It, it, so, so you're like, oh, like here, here comes, here comes Tom Cruise, who is also not just a charismatic actor, but also a, a good person to work for a good person to work with on set. Um, a collaborative storyteller by all accounts, as opposed to Bruce Willis, who's very much like, anyways, he's the thing that makes that movie work. Uh, But, but there's, but there's things about Bruce Willis. I do just like, like, I like what you're saying there too, where he's like not a great human being, but not in the way that he should be ostracized from society, but just in the way that he should be like a better person. Yeah. He just, yeah. He just needs to be less of a jerk. In this day and age that there are like, yeah. Things there's a difference between with, yeah. yeah there's a difference between being difficult to work with yeah. and uh like and and, and, and and i mean like i mean like, like some of the accounts of, of bruce willis on set is like it, it borders on abusive behavior so that's that's yeah. that's its own thing but but there's a difference between that and someone who uses their platform to uh to to amplify hate speech um yeah. like that there's a yeah. very big difference there <laughs> yeah um and i yeah so so i don't i don't want bruce willis to be canceled i just want him to take some sensitivity training um he's he's also not doing well i think as a human being i think he's like a raging alcoholic and is not i think he's got some issues i think he's yeah. got some issues hey fun fact yeah. luke Besson was married to mila Jokovich, and right around the time fifth element came out and that makes me feel real icky like uh, did he put her in the film because he wanted to marry her or did he marry her after she was in the film? Well, I, I, I think really, you would really. have to talk to them about that. I know. And and I'm kind of I'm kind of in a place in my life right now where I want that to be their their personal business. I mean, it can be their. Personal you know what I mean? All these pictures of Ben Affleck being pissed off because people just like stand out in front of his house and take pictures of him picking up his Dunkin Donuts order. Uh, <laughs> it just like it makes me really mad at the world. I mean, yeah, that's true. Because, like, I think that Ben Affleck has enough going on in his own head that he has to fight with in order to be a decent human being. Which, like, there's an example of a guy that that I think is very troubled and has a lot of issues, substance and abuse and that sort of thing, that... um, but but wants to be a good person like i think genuinely like like wishes that he were better than he is i i and and then here's the paparazzi just making his life that much harder um yeah yeah, go 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 i i i think that that kind of behavior is some of the worst behavior that we've evolved into as human beings is the like st- the weird stalking thing the of, tabloid like, news tmz uh perez hilton stalking yeah aspect yeah like that stuff is I just don't know like why we care so much about famous people's lives the thing about it that drives me nuts is that we have such unfettered access to so many celebrities now because of social media and yet it's still not good enough We got to, we have to like, like, we got to see their colonoscopy videos, you know, like, like that, like the whole, 
And I think that that like social media plays into this because like I saw an account today that was I can't remember who even who it was for and what it was about, but it was it's like these accounts that are like obsessed with a specific actor or a specific artist, right? And it's like like oh this this Twitter account is dedicated to so and so, and it's just like it's so and so updates, right? And it's like oh they went to the store and they got a sandwich. Okay, I, that's not really interesting to but me. Then, but I'm but also not obsessed with anybody. To, how do I know which sandwich to buy myself if I don't know what sandwich? That's yeah, and that's, that's I think like that's the key to it, right? But like like I'll I'll go. Ben Schwartz is a is a great example of a celebrity that I. Whenever he talks, I'm like, "Hey, what's up? Like, what are you, what are you doing?" Right? <laughs> but he's got his own Twitter and Instagram, so you can just he's no, and but and that's the point is yeah. that is that like what he gives me his jokes and stuff and his like, "Hey, I'm in the I'm in the airport and I'm going past the Sonic the Hedgehog poster and nice. uh, check it out, that's me." And I'm in a movie with Jim Carrey and it's really crazy and I'm like, "That's awesome! I love that I get to be a part of your experience in that way." But I love it because he's like, "Hey." This is my experience. Come along for the ride. Right. Like I like that stuff. And and I and I and I'm becoming very exhausted by the um, especially because we find out that so much of this stuff is is bogus or I or made worse, like exacerbated by by the paparazzi, like like the whole like the save by the bell thing. Um like that what's saved, like sorry that, what's saved by the bell thing saved by the the set of saved by the bell was like the least dramatic ever like of all of the things in the 90s like the set of saved by the bell was like all the parents were there constantly and they and many of them were like cool. like the dramatic thing was that they were like hey stop they have to go do their homework now. Right. Like that sort of thing of like, of like, That's no, good. you, you're not going to get around these rules. They're there for a reason. Right. And, and Mark Paul Gossler has a podcast now, Zach to the future, where he's going <gasps> through, best, yeah, he's, he's going title. through with, with, um, with Dashiell Driscoll, who Dashiell Driscoll did the, the, um, uh, oh man, is it funny or die or culture? I can't remember, but he did the Zach Morris's trash web series. Okay. Where he went through episodes and was like, "This is why Zach Morris is a bad guy." Like, and and Dashiell Driscoll is now one of the writers on the new Safe by the Bell series, and so Dashiell and and Mark Paul have a podcast where they are going through episode by episode, like we did for Arrow, like 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 most of the podcasts that I have done. Like they go, they're wow. going through episode by episode, talking about the episodes. And bringing on guests and stuff like that, and like like the other actors and that sort of thing, and they and he talks about what it was like a lot, and it's so funny because whenever Dustin Diamond comes up, they're always like very careful about what they say, right. because Dustin Diamond's okay. been in and out of jail. Um, yeah, actually, apparently, I think it was in the news that he's that, that he's sick. I, I like I, I don't know. If it was, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, but I remember if it was like yeah. cancer or something like that, but. Um, but I, I saw that on social media the other day, but I, he said, he's had a troubled life. He's had a difficult life. And, but whenever they talk about him, they like, like Mark Paul, especially talks about him in a very, um, a very 
gracious way like like he only ever says nice stuff about him he only like they they really talk a lot about how like he's like the the core of like the comedic heart of the show that like without him it probably wouldn't have worked because his physical comedy like his slapstick comedy and his timing was so good and his impersonation like they talk about him in such a in such a positive way but the reality of the situation is that dustin diamond said tons of stuff that was apparently straight up false like he sold stories to tabloids to make money because he didn't have a career after saved by the bell right right? like right yeah um so like so he was basically like selling bogus stories to the tabloids and to the point that like there was a book that was published that was like the unauthorized story of saved by the bell that they then turned into a, a tv movie oh i do remember like, that yeah, yeah, yeah where like everybody's having sex on set and like it like they were all doing drugs and and uh, mark paul gosler was a real jerk and like like all of these like super dramatic stories that are all that that all basically stem from these these false stories that dustin diamond was putting out there so like the cast of Saved by the Bell has every right to just trash talk him, but they don't. Right. And like, like on this podcast, they never do. They only ever say good stuff about him. And everybody that's been on so far has just said good stuff about him. Um, and it's just, it's so interesting to me, but it is like, like that's the, that's the dark side of that paparazzi tabloid um, celebrity obsession stuff. We're like, I want to know behind the scenes stories too, but I want to like, like, cause obviously I'm listening to Zach to the future. It's one of my favorite podcasts right now. Um, but I want, like, I, I, I want it. I want to hear it straight from the, the people, right? Like I want to hear their story. I don't want somebody to tell me gossip about, you know, so-and-so did blah, blah, blah. Like I, I, it just, that stuff exhausts me now. I'm just too old for it, I guess. But I don't know. There's a lot of people online that like the whole, the whole Adam driver uh, obsession thing. It's like, look, it's weird. I, I get being enamored with the performer. I don't understand the uh, threatening his wife. What? Right. Yeah. Threaten his wife. Yeah. Cause they're like, Oh, you don't deserve him. You know, like, cause, because there's, they have like this weird deluded perspective of like, oh, he belongs with me or, you know, if, if I can't have him, nobody can have him. It's like, but it's just social media. I don't think so. Not social media itself, but the way that many human beings use social media really distorts these people's perspectives. Um, And I, I, honestly, I think. I think that we don't understand the power of social media yet as a, as a, as a civilization. And we'll look back on it in a hundred years and go, Whoa, man, if there's still a civilization, if there, if, there is, <laughs> if social media hasn't destroyed us by then, if we have a civilization in a hundred years, that is not like a rebuilt civilization from the ashes of this one that looks back on the early two thousands, like, like the, like, like 2000 through 2030, uh, and doesn't go like, oh man, I can't believe we survived social media. 
like like before it was regulated and there were some you know uh, uh reasonable and moderate rules put in place about what corporations can and can't do with this power i i yeah because yeah, because at the moment we expect them to govern themselves we expect them to say which which the thing about this that is very interesting to me and everybody makes it about free speech and we're not going to get into politics with it this is this is purely about about like sort of social responsibility when it comes to movies when it comes to video games when it comes to comic books all of the other media that we produce has some sort of ratings board essentially um they they determines what kind of content this is and that like like even with literature there's a reason why you can't walk into a chapters or i assume a barnes and noble and see triple x like like specifically explicit smut on the shelves it's not there you got to go into an adult bookstore for it right and that's not to say that that stuff shouldn't exist. If that's your jam, I'm more than happy for you. Uh, and, and, and like, go for it. If you want to write smut, if you want to read smut, if you want to do whatever you want. I don't use the word smut as a derogatory term. It's just a classification. I like, but there, but, but like, there are reasons why we do that. Right. There are reasons why movies are rated GPG. PG thirteen. Yeah, they, they, we have ways of ways. I will say that um, not all smutty books uh, are in adult bookstores. You just need to oh, of course the not. Romance section of any normal. Of course I don't not. understand how little boys haven't decided that romance novels are the best thing ever. There's like so much sexiness in in romance. Anyways, I guess because they have to wade through all of the other stuff. Yeah, to get to there's a there's a <laughs> there's a gender dynamic thing there that that is yeah. murky water to get into. But I think that the the masculine proclivity is visual as uh, whereas the, the actually feminine yeah, the, proclivity is, uh, is something a little bit more uh, hard to nail down. Yeah, no, I, but I know, but I, <laughs> and, I very and much prose actually, works very better. much. Yeah. yeah prose, yeah. prose works better for, for what I think, I think women uh, have better uh, women imaginations when it comes to certain things. And so I, I think don't think that, that that's it. I think, I think they, I, th- I think that what drives, the 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 engine is it's a different kind of fuel um and i think that there's evolutionary reasons for it right like the the, so that's that's a whole topic for a whole episode (laughs) i and and i think we would need to bring somebody on who actually knows what they're talking about if we didn't want to talk out of our asses on something like that that's true me and my friend me and my friend emily talk about romance novels like all the time and about like anyways we can. I'll, I'll make yeah. Emily guest guest host with me one time on. But uh, <laughs> all, all of that to circle back and say that I personally think that uh, that that um, social media should be regulated by the government if the government is doing what it's supposed to be doing. If it's uh, you know democrat democratically elected uh, people who represent their constituents, which means that it's not them making rules to tell us what to do. It's us making rules to all agree what should be done. Yeah. Because not again, not because we should be telling other people what to do, but just that we should be moderating the way in which people do things. 
Uh, and and because if left to their own devices, corporations gonna corporate. Uh, they're gonna they're just gonna do what makes like what is the clearest, quickest, most destructive path to profit. Yeah, yeah. that's what they're gonna do. That's, that's what Facebook's gonna do. It's what Twitter's gonna do. It's what Instagram, it, which is also Facebook, it, it, like, it, 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 and that's case in point. Like the fact that yeah. Facebook owns. Instagram, it owns WhatsApp, it owns half of the stuff that we call social media. Um, and then Google owns most of the rest of it. And then, uh, and then you got Instagram and Tumblr that are kind of outliers, but I mean, we have, we've talked about this before. People should just watch the social dilemma and yeah, I still haven't watched that, but what? Oh, come on. But like, that's like a core part of it is these people that have created these social media empires are like, oh boy, people need to watch the regulation on these things. Like that's like the core takeaway from the social dilemma is why aren't we regulating social media in the same way that we regulate other forms of like, like just anything, right? Like media, like that we don't recognize that it's not about, it's not, it's so far beyond a tool of, of communication that it just, it needs to have. And and the problem is we don't know how to regulate it because we can't quantify exactly what it is. Well, it's the moment you start trying to put, like rules around it, people start yelling free speech, right? Well, and it's, it's like, it's, it's like, like, that's not what it is at, at its core. It's a, it's a tool to sell us to, as the, to the highest bidder, right? Yeah. So and, just, and the, the reality of it in terms of like rights and freedoms and that sort of thing is that it's no different than using a telephone. I can get on the telephone yeah. and I can say whatever I want, right? Like my phone company can't stop me from doing that. But if I start using my phone to make crank calls or order pizzas to whatever, like, or more importantly, start calling people up and leaving threatening voicemails and stuff like that, then my phone provider is well within their rights to shut my phone off. And there are actually also laws to stop me from getting away with that. And yet with social media, that doesn't exist necessarily. Uh, it, it, it's 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 left up to, it's left up to Twitter, Facebook, and etc. to to moderate that themselves, right? And then you're relying on yeah, you're relying on them to actually do that, which is to say, yeah. And and to me, like that's that it's a it's a very odd thing that like they they, um, the way in which social media has been used recently in the last few years, uh, which is very dangerous, very clearly contributing to, to dangerous things, uh, that it's not, it's not, no, nobody is in government is going like, man, we need to enforce this in the same way that we would enforce this. If somebody was writing threatening letters or, uh, or, or like I said, calling people up on the phone and, and saying these things like we would trace that to its source. We would arrest that person and we would charge them with a crime. <laughs> right. And yet you can get on Twitter and you can say, I, uh, I hate Jews and uh, they should all die. And people are like, well, Hey, free speech, man, free speech. And it's like, well, but if you called up Jewish people and said, I hate you, I think that you should die. Then the police would be at your door the next day. Right. Like it, it, it to me, it's yeah. it's such a weird thing. Like I like, I will use that example for myself because uh, I can't. I yeah. have license to. But yeah. I 
it's yeah like it, it's it's such a weird thing to me and i think that we'll look back on this period of time in the same way that we currently look back on like the 50s and 60s with toxic waste right like like with like like uh, as as industry became more and more uh, I, uh, I guess as it like proliferated and, 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 and manufacturing and stuff like that became more and more about like this, the mass um, uh, plastics and, 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 you know, nuclear power became a thing and like toxic waste became a thing and companies were just like, we don't know what to do with this. So we're just going to dump it in lakes. And then the rest <laughs> of the world went like, you can't do that. You can't just dump your garbage wherever you want specifically not these things that that actually cause harm to human beings and make the planet a less habitable place. So we started putting laws and regulations in place to prohibit that behavior. It still happens. You can't get away from it happening because like I said, corporations are going to take the most clear cut straight line to profit that they can. It's as a as a corporate entity that is like that's that that's evolutionarily what they do that's how capitalism works but but it's our job as citizens to to ensure that that's not what happens right and so we should all be standing up and saying like hey facebook twitter instagram these should all these platforms should all be regulated based on a common code of ethics that we all agree on already that we all already say is is how we're supposed to live in a civilized society because we already apply it to these other pieces of communication and media <laughs> right yeah like, i think that's the core there too like it's not like there isn't something that we can look at and be like hey we have decided it's not as a new. society yeah. that this is Everybody, everybody ourselves. talks about it with this language of like, oh, it's the Wild West. No, it's not. It's just a new version. It's an evolution of these other things that we already do. It's yeah. just, you know, like it's it's like saying that they, that that uh, uh, messenger on Facebook is a completely new invention as opposed to text messaging on your phone. It's like, no, these are the same thing. They are evolutions of the same thing. But anyways. I guess we did get political, but without getting into like the actual specifics politics of it. we were talking about. Yeah, but okay. but um, but like I said, this is a, it's it's less about the the uh, consequences of this of what's happening <laughs> right now in the world, and more about like the social responsibility that I think that a lot of us are yeah. kind of ignoring at yeah. the moment. But yeah. but we I talked know, a good, I, a I good deal about society. some nerdy stuff. Yeah, I hope that we have faith in society, that science fiction will continue us to show us a world that we should try to be wary of as we repeat the mistakes of our past. And so not to get not to get too much into into WandaVision, but um, or I, you know, like the MCU, because we'll have time for that when WandaVision is done. I'll just say this. The first two episodes are phenomenal. I cannot wait for Thursday night. Like I'll probably watch it Friday morning, but um, when the new ones come out, yeah, when the yeah. new ones come out, I, I, I love it. I think it's a fantastic series. I don't think it's going to be for everybody. Um, 
Oh yeah, and it's su- I'm super confused. <laughs> yeah, I... but I will. I believe I- the good thing. The thing that was awesome about WandaVision was that I watched it because I'm at my. I'm still at my family's house. I'm gonna be leaving back home hopefully soon. Um, but I could watch it with them, and they were like, "I don't understand. This is just like 60 seconds." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm um, like, "Yeah." <laughs> but there's a there's an undercurrent in that already, and there's some stuff coming out from the next Spider-Man movie um what sort of the 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 aftermath of the mysterio stuff from far from home right because like the end of that movie is is mysterio putting out Mm -hmm. this false information um through a right-wing media source (laughs) (laughs) that spider-man is really the bad guy right like this fake news thing and there there are a lot of people speculating that that the multiverse thing is going to be a big part of of stuff going forward but the real enemy in the MCU uh that they're that they're going to tackle like the sort of through line um in terms of like like modern storytelling and and allegory it, like if you look at phase 1 did a lot of stuff with terror it did a lot of like like sort of that our 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 post 911 uh, uh world um and if like if you look at it like that like the world that we're in right now the way that information is manipulated to control us is like it's weaponized right and so if you're going to tell a modern story about modern supervillains what are they going to do they're going to weaponize the media uh in order to fight our superheroes because it's something that that we can relate to so there, there are a lot of people thinking that yeah. like that, that, that this is going to be a through line that a bunch of the yeah. stories are going to be about this, um, which like sp- it's obvious in Spider-Man already. Like like it, like right. the last movie sets that up. The the um, the way that that Wanda is clearly being manipulated uh, in WandaVision in some way, like it's so unclear what's happening right now. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but if anything, like it's clear that something is going on in that way. Um, yeah. and that like these, this, this sitcom media is being used to like pacify her in some way. Um, like, like the, like the, it seems like they're getting into that, that like, like the, they, that these stories are going to be kind of superhero stories, but based on sort of the information age that we're in the middle yeah. of. Uh, and I think that could be really cool. Like there's some really great story like there's there's fertile ground for storytelling there and also more importantly marvel comics living up to the legacy of stan lee in telling relevant stories about the world like you say like using science fiction to teach us a lesson about how we can do better than how than what we're currently doing and that that was always stanley's goal that's why the x-men exist that's why spider-man is spider-man like the, it's baked into these characters it's baked into the marvel universe and i'm so happy to see that that stuff is still there like that that social relevance is still there because they are the most consumed stories on the planet right now it is our modern mythology even more than star wars and star wars doesn't have that at the moment star wars is doing a lot of really cool stuff but it does not have a moral core and it's one of the reasons why it's having trouble finding its footing in my opinion it 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 stands for nothing the sequel trilogy stands for nothing the Mandalorian stands for nothing. Like they're telling good stories here and there, 
But it's like what in is Star the moral Wars. center? But like, but the, why? Yeah. What's the point of telling these stories other than to retread the ground that we've already tread with the original Star Wars movies? Because the first three were about. I mean, the first one is about the about Vietnam. That's a big part of it, and that's that's a through line all the way through to Return of the Jedi with the Ewoks. Like it's like. And George Lucas has talked about that. That's not speculation. He's been very clear about that, that, that he started that storytelling in like a, in the Vietnam era and like the, the of the, the era of the Vietnam war and was very influenced by that in his storytelling and who are the heroes and who are the villains. Um, and then the prequels are very much about George Bush, uh, like George W. Bush and, uh, and and consolidation of power by corporations. I mean, like it opens with the Trade Federation blockading a planet. Like it's like right. that's that stuff could not be more overt. It, it so as much as anybody wants to fault the prequels for whatever, like they know what they're about. They know right. what they're about, um, right. and it's why those stories are meaningful even now. Like you know, now we're twenty years on. Um, but with the sequel trilogy, I don't think, I, I think that, I think Ryan had an idea of what he was doing with the last Jedi, but I, there, I mean, there's, there's some stuff about, I do, I mean, we've talked about it before, but about like the entitled millennial man and like that this yeah. world that has been given that this world that they believe is owed to them. Right. It, it's like what I, I, yeah, that's it. That's in the force awakens for sure. And then there are some of those through lines that blend into, the stories that that Ryan Johnson was trying to tell, which like he because he he definitely was telling a feminist story about um, misogyny, <laughs> like like they're yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all these yeah. men talking down to women and then the women looking at them sort of cross eyed and and then doing the work anyways, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> like just yeah yeah I yeah. I yeah like like that that couldn't be more apparent in that movie, but then Rise of Skywalker just completely undoes any goodwill that JJ uh, and Lawrence Kasdan bought in the force awakens. Like it just, yeah. yeah. The line (gasps) you have his power couldn't be more problematic. Uh, Like it just, and then sidelining Rose trying to shoehorn in the story about Finn and like, it just, yeah. They undo all the goodwill that they did with the first two movies in that in that third one as a corporation, as a corporate entity. Right. Like because it Mm -hmm. just like and that's why I say like they like there are there are themes within the individual movies. And then even like within Rogue One and Solo, there's there's good stuff in those individual stories. But as a whole, they don't know what they're trying to do. They don't know what start. Although this new stuff with the High Republic seems to have a moral center to it. That the, that the the it's like uh, their new publishing initiative with the comics and books and stuff, um, and it's it's in an era that takes place like two hundred years before the Phantom Menace, um, and it seems very very SJW focused, like in a very pointed way, as if to say to a lot of the quote unquote Star Wars fandom, uh, uh, as they're called in the in 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 circles, the Phantom Menace, uh, is like this is what Star Wars <laughs> is it. about. Yeah. It's what it's always been about. Um, and if you don't see that, then you don't truly understand Star Wars. So I don't know. Maybe they're starting to figure that out. But uh, they get away with more in the publishing and the animation than they do in the in the live action stuff. Because obviously more eyes on that the live action. So the corporate entity wants it to be 
digestible for everybody, including the alt-right. So that's problematic. It's problematic. It's an issue. It's a real... I really wish Disney would take a stance, a firm stance against fascism. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I... (laughs) Okay. On that note, let's end on fascism. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, we we take a firm stance against fascism. Uh, So, you know, if uh, if 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 that's important to you on Friday, if you're listening to this on Friday or after and that has become a very important thing, uh, know that we stand with everybody who stands against fascism. You might even call us anti-fascist in some Mm -hmm. in some form. Uh, But I, I, yeah, I, I. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody is happy and safe and healthy and uh, wearing masks and washing their hands and getting the goddamn vaccine. Look, if, if, if you are given the opportunity to get vaccinated, do not hesitate. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Because if you've been called or selected or whatever, by whatever means, just do it because people they, there's a lot of reports coming in that people being hesitant about it or rejecting it is actually slowing the the efficiency of the distribution models. Oh, so dear. if 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 you have the ability to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Uh, if you are given the opportunity, say yes and and run, don't walk to get vaccinated i uh, because uh, everybody who does get vaccinated just makes the world that much safer for everybody else so we're all, like we're so close we're so close to being able to go back to the movie theater and enjoy movies again yeah. please i want to see fast and the furious nine i want to see black <laughs> widow so bad i want i need to see these movies so don't screw this up for me everybody You've heard it here, folks. Do Another it personal <laughs> favor to, to Thunder Quack. Get vaccinated as soon as you can. Yeah. Um, and be nice to healthcare professionals because they're doing everything that they can. Yeah. They, they deserve our respect, love, and patience. Uh, cool. Yeah. I think we did. I think we did a good job here. Yeah. This evening. Thanks uh, for listening. I think yeah. it's, fun. it's been fun. It's been grand. And we'll see you on the other yeah. side of inauguration i guess we'll be back next week and hopefully we'll have more geeky stuff to talk about and less politics um yeah. uh than than last week's episode so hopefully hopefully everything goes um uh less chaotically than some individuals wanted to uh yeah. and uh and and yeah and the next episode we will be talking the next episode we record one way or another Donald Trump will not be the president anymore. There you go. And that's that's the reality of it is that Joe Biden will be the president. There will be an adult in the White House, and I, I, which I don't care what side of the the aisle you're on. That's good news for everybody. Um, and I, uh, and hopefully the world can start to go back to some some sense of decency and and I don't know just. We can argue about Star Wars. Let's save our energy for that instead of arguing about the other stuff that we've been arguing about. That'd be nice. Uh, Awesome.
Thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. I know I told you guys that I, that I was going to have the uh, Patreon exclusive episode out last week. Didn't happen. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try and get it out this week. Um, uh, but if not, uh, you know, you'll get it. You'll get it eventually. Yeah. Relax. Uh, <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for listening and we will catch you on the next episode. Stay safe, everyone. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. Follow the Thunderquack Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack Podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access, ad-free episodes, and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.